Welcome to our newest adventure for first responder wellness. No one fights alone. In-depth conversations about mental health and culture in the first responder space. We're joined by your co-hosts, Austin Pedersen and Brad Shepard. Hey man, what's up? Welcome back to Utah, Brad. Man, it's nice being, it's like, this is starting to feel a little bit like a second home. It should just be your first home. That, I would love to come up here and ski, be so close to skiing where I could just, hey, I'm going to go put a couple of hours on the slopes. See y'all later. Yeah. That would be sweet. And we would let you do that, by the way. You know, coming from Oklahoma, you have to plan out a whole thing to go skiing. I hear you guys talk up here. I hear Ben talking about, yeah, the kids just, the kids just ran up to the mountain and did some, man, that would be so nice. Well, you don't have mountains first off. No. <laughs> we actually do. We have Washita Mountains, which is pales in comparison. Those are called hills. They, <laughs> they are tiny. They mm. are tiny. Size doesn't matter anymore, Austin. They've been telling me that my whole life. I hear it all the time. I believe it. Mm. I choose to believe it. <laughs> That's a myth. I'm going to lean on it doesn't matter. Fair enough. When are you going to move here, man? I'm going to keep going at it. Man, it would be nice. It would be nice to live here. We this could is, do this all the time. All day long. How comfortable are you right now? I'm pretty comfy. Yeah. This chair is nice. Yeah, comparatively. You're, you're set up. I'm, I'm impressed. You've, you're looking more like a geek all the time. That's because I am. Dude, I'm a closet geek. People you're, don't know this about me. You do have some tech geek going on right here. I'm bald. I'm a little chubby now. Like, you know, the beard, everything like that. <laughs> like, I'm embracing being a geek. I love Star Wars. My internet. Your internet, Star Wars. I knew immediately when I jumped on the Wi-Fi what, what, what was coming up. Yeah, because it's the best, you know? Like, Disney Plus is out with a new Star Wars thing, like, every week. For sure. You know? You get lost in it. It is really nice being so close. The Chateau facility and really what makes that so great is the people the people up there at chateau was having a conversation at lunch with um or i'm sorry breakfast so i got two meals up there today breakfast and lunch um man just being able to hang out with those people is such a positive aura such an encouragement to come up there and just that feels like home well there's like this weird thing so people who have worked at other places um you know there's Utah is known for treatment centers now. Like it's become California, Florida, and Utah for whatever reason. But so, uh, you know, obviously people cycle through jobs, right? Like that's just the nature of the beast in, in every profession. But the one thing they say that's strange about Chateau is that when there's downtime or, you know, something similar, people are sitting there and they're working on stuff. That's abnormal. I saw it today. Yeah. Staff was just hanging out, working, laughing, joking, working. Well, I'm talking about this, the clients. Oh, same. Yeah. Doing their homework, lugging their big books around. Yeah. 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 I think uh, Ben has said it multiple times, but we get the comments sometimes that from people that's like, I didn't realize I was going to be going back to college. Uh, when I was there, I remember thinking the same thing. I did not realize this was a homework-based program. Not happy about it. Yeah, most people aren't actually, but you got to think. So I actually had another conversation with somebody and they went to another first responder program. Their their spouse went to another first responder program 
and they had gone to Chateau. And she had said, you know, I was on the phone with him and you know, it's like six o'clock or whatever on a Tuesday night. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, we're just chilling, watching TV. And her thought process was, well, what the fuck are you doing then? Right. Because me, I was sitting there working on, on my shit, going through the program, doing all these things. Like, you're just sitting watching TV. Like, I didn't realize it was a vacation for you. I heard the same thing uh, from some folks who have gone through. Anyway, I'm not here to bang the other programs, but the, I mean, the cold reality is the, the curriculum. At first, you're like, this is, this is overwhelming. Yeah. But then after a while, you're like, this is, I mean, the curriculum is set up to where it's very accommodating, pleasant, because it's so much, you know what the end result is. You're working on yourself. Well, it's all supposed to be self-reflection based. You, you know have a I mean? vested interest in completing it and being honest through well, the course of it. Yeah. Well, every person has like a somewhat sense of narcissism in them. Of course. Like they're, they're going there to, you know, they're doing it for other people too as well. Except for me. I don't, I'm already the best. See, there it is right there. <laughs> Ask anyone that knew Brad Shepard a couple of years ago and they might say that's the only thing that you were was narcissistic. <laughs> I was really good at it. Yeah, exactly. I excelled. I, I can tell. Well, yeah, that's why you're sitting in this seat now. <laughs> no, it was good. It was uh, it was a good visit. And moving up here is definitely an option. We'll it, see. It is. We'll see how it works out. It is. Yeah. Those kids are old enough now, you know? They don't need me. You tell yourself they do. I, I try to convince myself they need me, but they don't. I was talking to Roberto this morning, uh, and we were having a... AA conversation. I thought that'd be a good conversation for us. We don't talk about it ever on here. Yeah. And this is supposed to be a resource podcast, right? Well, we're both AA geeks. We are. And and I don't and I think that there's I mean it's it's the right time to discuss eleven, right? Yeah. And, and I think that's why that we've both kept it somewhat quiet. The tradition eleven says, you know, steer clear of press radio and film. Yeah. It's attraction rather than promotion. Right. So you see other people that are living the life and doing the deal, and that's what you want. Not them coming out and saying AA is the greatest thing in the world. Even though that is a common thing that does happen when someone gets sober. I don't know if you experience this at all, but uh, someone gets sober and they think it's the most amazing thing in the world. And then magically they tell everyone in their life that they better get sober too. You got to find, uh, you got to find AA. It'll save your life. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's that. I think that's partially why 11 was created a little bit is because nobody wants to hear that dude in your ear all the time of like AA is the most amazing thing in the world or, or sobriety in general is the most amazing thing in the world. Right. Like people have to find it for themselves. Well, I think it becomes a, a, a point of people would rather see a sermon than hear one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, and I remember, I don't know, maybe I'm still there a little bit. Um, I try not to be that AA saved my life. Chateau, Chateau was the start, but ultimately, you know, some of the steps, me working the steps and endeavoring to really be honest in that journey made an enormous impact on my life. Well, I was told this from the beginning is, you know, treatment is great. I've experienced quite a few treatment stays. You've done one. Uh, not to compare sizes or anything, but uh, I have a lot more than you. Um, and, you know, the reality of that is that this is a free, AA is a free program in, in the grand scheme of things, right? Like, 
you know, they pass the the basket around to help, you know, pay for pay some, the bills. Yeah, pay the bills and things like that. But you know, they may employ special workers, right? But you know, in all reality, that's a program that's there for free for a reason. And I personally believe that that's why treatment centers shouldn't be based off of the twelve steps. I think that they can, you know, help someone get to know what they are and and see a different side of it than what their preconceived notion was. Because let's be real, in the first responder community, AA's got a bad rap. It does have a bad rap. Yeah, and and and, and to be honest, there are some legitimate concerns behind that. Oh, absolutely legitimate. Yeah. You know, and I remember when we brought you on the very first time, right? Like that was the message that I personally wanted to put out was that here's a retired cop. I got involved in AA. It's rare. Not as rare now that I've, it's been what, over a year since we did that? Yeah, it's been, yeah, probably, yeah, about a year and a couple months. Yeah. It's actually not as rare as I thought it was. People just don't talk about it. They do not talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Why is that? Um, I think they probably don't talk about it. I think the stigma, I think there's several things going on there at play. I think there's a stigma of the actual term AA um, because there's, and, and and I've seen this to be quite honest, once you are labeled or kind of understood to be a part of that AA cult, as it were, then people's perception of you is different. Yeah. You've just become one of them. That's one, I think, that I can think of right off the top of my head. One, uh, another one is the, and I think there's some legitimacy to this concern that you may find yourself in the same room with somebody you don't want to be across the room from. Yeah. You know, there's. That's uh, the to, big fear. To understand that, you know, the law enforcement really embraces this um, either openly or subversively. It's us against them. Yeah. And that's been encouraged. I think it's, it's hard to get away from that a little bit, but the, I think there's some legitimacy to, you know, am I, am I going to have to share who I am and bear my soul in front of somebody that I may potentially come in contact with professionally? Yeah. And yeah, you might. Well, I've also heard, I mean, I've heard multiple stories of either people not Letting people know what they do for a living, you know, as a police officer in AA, which is. It's hard to work a program of honesty when you hide behind who you are. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also another point is the program's supposed to be about anonymity, right? Absolutely. And first, can you say the word? Here's how I know if you've actually been to AA. Anonymity. Mm. God, you must have been (laughs) to so many meetings. Because you can always tell the new people when they can't say that fucking word, man. They I was an overachiever, man. I did, uh, you know, the, the 90 and 90, you're supposed to hit 90 meetings in 90 days. I did uh, mm-hmm. 90 meetings in 45 days. That is a little I, bit overachieving, I man. Was... <laughs> Whatever works though, right? Like that's, that's what it's supposed to be about, Yeah, you know, but like that's, look, I, I have no problem saying that I'm a huge supporter of that, especially in the early days of somebody's sobriety, like that is a, a place for somebody to go to and work through some shit. Sure. Right. By choice or, you know, they, you can also go and not say a, a word. Well, I think, I think kind of circling back to the, to the stigma of it. One of the things that is maybe miscommunicated or sometimes forgotten to say is the anonymity piece of it really culminates into it's a safe space. It's a, it's a place where you can go and to fully, you know, cops 
firefighters, they're weird about that. Um, yeah. With legitimacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've been under attack. The first responder community has been under attack, you know, don't want to make it a political conversation here, but you know, there are some perceived maybe misconceptions, but also some real, real concerns towards what's going to happen if I go out in public and say, I'm a firefighter or I'm a police officer. Yeah. Someone to take advantage. Not of as too. pleasant to do that as what it used to be. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. But I also think at the same time, like there's been some steps that have been made. I know a few different cities where they have like a police only or fire only sure. AA meeting, right? Like that's, but there's the same thing then, right? It's like, okay, what if you're the supervisor? <laughs> I mean, this is what a guy told me. He's like, I could have gone to that AA meeting. I'm the fucking chief. You think I'm going to walk in there without yeah. everybody? If I, if everybody already knew that was one thing, right? He's like, that's right. You know, if I was already in recovery and we started that meeting, that's a different story. But for me to have to step in as the new person, new not going to yeah. happen. I think that, I think that, uh, actually dealing with, you brought up my ego, which was awful. I think that actually fully embracing and understanding how awful my ego was worked in my favor of saying, I will humble myself to any level to get peace in my life. Yeah. And although it wasn't pleasant to lean into that, it did pay dividends to say, I'll do anything. Yeah. Half measures avail us nothing. Absolutely. Well, and then I think that there's also, if we're going to continue into the, the misconception, you know, conversation this is the ultimate battle right because do you think that aa is a god program or do you think it's a spiritual program because that is one of the main misconceptions as well well aa aa is a spiritual program it's the higher power that as i understand it is the higher power that you seek mm-hmm. and that finds you the god of your understanding i think is what the book under book says yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up something that i so we talked about this a little bit, but this is, I'm going to talk about a spiritual experience in AA for me real quick, just to let possibly somebody know the difference, right? Between having it be a, a purely God program versus a spiritual program. So when I was doing my, my fifth step, and so four step is basically, you know, your, your sponsor, whoever you're working with, uh, for people who don't know, there's an assignment where you do some resentments, you know, you do your part in the resentments, sexual inventory, things along those lines, right? I'm a firm believer, first off, that the steps are guidelines for life, just to be a good person. 100%. That's that's how I view the 12 steps. Well, step five is pretty difficult for people, I would say, right? Because you're- pretty rough. Yeah. I personally believe that eight and nine are way more difficult, but that's a personal belief. Eight and nine, for people who don't know, are, you know, making amends and then- making the list and then actually making the amends, which is even more difficult. But I think I've told you this story, but I'm sitting in my fifth step and I thought I had some terrible shit, right? Looking back and since I've listened to other people's stories. Not that bad. I don't think so, personally. <laughs> but that's that's my own thought. Uh, but at the time, right, it's the, most, it's the most terrible things in the world. Absolutely. And there was a lot of shame and guilt built around those things, right? And this is where my spiritual experience comes in, is I thought that, you know, this guy who was sitting across from me would judge me, tell me I'm a piece of shit, all those things I already thought about myself, right? The shame, right? And shame shame eats us alive. Guilt is a correct feeling. 
guilt is, you know, if we're going Brene Brown, right? Like guilt is I did something wrong. Shame is I am a bad person. Sure. You know, in so many words. But, uh, you know, he sat across from me and he fell asleep during my fifth step as I'm reading him <laughs> off, right? I still laugh about it to this fucking day, man. Like, it is so funny. Yeah. No, straight up snoring. Absolutely. 100% snoring. Snoring away. And I was so angry because I thought I took it real personal, of course. So that's what we do. But the spiritual experience for me was that that was my higher power saying, it ain't that bad, man. Like, it, it isn't. Because if this dude is going to fall asleep during your, what you feel like is the worst part of your life or the things you've done in your life, then he would have stayed awake if it were that bad. You couldn't even keep his attention. Yeah. You were that boring. Yeah. Yeah. Think about what all has gone through his ears to make what you did boring. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> but, and, and like, I, I look at this day, I'm like, and maybe that's a tactic, you know what I mean, on his part. I, it absolutely wasn't. He just fell asleep because he was tired. But to me, looking back. That's what now, you needed, though. Well, it's been four years, five years since I did that particular one. Right? I've done them multiple times. But that particular one's been about four years. And that was what I needed for me to move past shame and guilt. That's a spiritual intervention in my eyes. Because no words were spoken right. on his end. Right? So I had a similar experience. Different step, I believe, probably. But the shame, <clears throat> that was, that's the killer of us all. And for me, you know, you, you were talking about some of that. For me, the, the book addresses fear, you know, pretty consistently. And Headed Forms of Fear was predominant in my life, specific to a lot of those things. But the spiritual experience that I had was a wave of forgiveness that was still to this day is unexplainable of how much I, now I know it's hurt. It was hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was, you know, I was angry and at specific, at a specific thing, we'll just leave it there. Yeah. And man, the wave of forgiveness that is still hard to put words to how impactful that was to me can only be a spiritual experience. Yeah. And that was, I don't know, may never figure out with, whether it was four or five, because I did both of them really, really close together. Mm -hmm. But I remember leaving five thinking something humongous has happened to me. Something very significant has happened because I see differently. I hear differently. I understand differently. And that was similar to your, you know, just an, an enormous change in my life. And that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's the design of what AA is supposed to be. I, I, I firmly believe, right? Attraction rather than promotion. Sure. And if for what attracted me was to have peace. Same. That's all I wanted. Yep. Right? My, my life had been tumultuous to the point that there were so many ups and downs. I do good. I do bad. All of these different types of things. And if, if something, right, could, could get me to the point where everything's just normal, whatever normal is, right? I'm good with that. And that's, to me, that's what the steps are. I'm going to be straight up and we're going to keep, you know, I do not attend meetings every day now. I have no problem saying that. Said, so, you know, talk to my sponsor about it too. It's like, I've gotten to the point now where I actually get to live life. Sure. Because I didn't get to do that before. Sure. Because everything revolved around substance. I was going out, I needed a drink. If I was going to bed, 
needed a drink. I was waking up. I needed a drink. I was going out to eat. I need like all of those things. My life completely revolved around that. And all I wanted from AA was to live life. And I got that. Right. So, you know, if things go wrong or, or something like that, right. Of course I, I'll go to a meeting. That's a safe spot for me. Sure. But the goal for me was to live, live a life, live a life worth living. Right. And I think for me now, the, it's about giving back. I feel like it gave so much to me that I'm very compelled now to give back to that community. You know, it takes, it takes people showing up, not just new people, but it takes people who have been there. So I'm new enough in it that I still feel like I'm giving back to that community of what I've not just learned, but experienced through, you know, some of these things are, I know are spiritual concepts and miracles, if you will, um, that I believe are part of my spiritual experience. But, you know, it's something you said earlier, I think, you know, those steps are really hard. I, I really think one through nine, all in varied degrees can be difficult. You know, the, every, every one of those steps build on one another and none of them are easy. We differ, right? A little bit. And, and everyone's allowed to have their own opinion. Right, because each person's journey is so much different. But step one, easiest thing in the world for me. Sure, like there's evidence to it. Yeah, too much evidence for me to say otherwise. So I found one to be easy. Two and three, extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. Four and five, difficult. Six, seven, mm, not bad. Not bad. Eight, nine, fuck that. <laughs> Ten, eleven, twelve, I can do. Right, like that's yeah, the same. I my my one and two weren't as difficult three was a mountain but okay but think about this though right but for both of us if you would have gone into a five years prior to that without everything happening in those five years one would have been a mountain yeah, yeah. right it's just yeah. where we're at in our lives at well, i feel point. like one i accomplished step one not really knowing that i was on that path because i did step one at chateau yeah. Battling with Ben. It's the name of my next movie. Battling with Ben. Write a book. You know? <laughs> I should write a book. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking chat GPT. I wish I'd have written down know? some of those conversations. Those were doozies. Yeah. Those oh, were I'm good. Sure. Those were good conversations. Yeah. What happened, man? Doing yeah. Ben and I? Yeah. Oh. I was just uh promoting the wonderful ego that I had and Ben was doing his best to knock that in the head. Ben wins. I don't think he loses very often. He's pretty good. Yeah. But I mean, listen, if, if the, the goal of this particular podcast about AA is to utilize it as a resource, that's it. Well, right? I think if we, again, we, that's what this is about. We chase some rabbits, but if we look yeah. back at your original question, which was, what do you think prevents people from going to AA? I modified your question a little bit, but within the, within the cop world, firefighter world and it, your reputation means a lot your reputation is a big deal not to diminish any other profession and how important that is but it's a it's a highly coveted piece of who you are and to really humble yourself enough to say i'm gonna go there and number one ask for help and walking through the door is a symbolic version of expressing verbalizing i need help because i'm not doing this on my own well and you know, a lot of people don't give a shit, but some people are going to care that you sure. walk into that room, right? And, and I would dare to say and knock other professions, but comparatively, in the first responder community, your reputation really is everything. Still is one of the safest 
spaces I've ever sat in. Yeah, so that's, I mean, think about the difference between somebody, a cop and a computer programmer, right? That computer programmer probably doesn't really give a shit about his reputation. He sits in front of a computer all day. On some levels, yeah. um, maybe he does. I mean, I'm, again, not knocking a profession, but I know there's multiple levels of concern for a cop walking into an AA group. Yeah. Is the guy sitting across from me going to be somebody I took to jail, or is he going to go out and spread the word now mm-hmm. that, or is it going to reach back to somebody more sinister, a defense attorney, or you know those all those challenges that would prevent somebody from actually finding peace in their life? Wow, if they only knew. So, what do you recommend to those that are on the vents? Because, I mean, I'm sure that there's going to be somebody listening that's like, "Yeah, I should probably go, but I'm not going to." I mean, is it just take the leap? And faith, have faith, or is it be strategic about maybe go to AA in a different city? I think I would ask that or answer that with a question. What's it worth? What's, what's peace worth? What is, what is harmony in your life worth? I mean, I don't think kind of to your point, I don't think I would have done it five years ago. Yeah. But I was a point where I'll do anything to find peace. Yeah. That's really, yeah, it's pretty fair. I mean, and I'm going to throw it out there, which is basically along the lines of like, there are ways around it. Because you can go to a different city, oh, you can, yeah. you know, like there's well with COVID that that came about so many, yeah, online Zoom, yeah. I mean, you can. I'm not a fan of those, by the way. I'm not either. Yeah, not at all. I did some. Some some people really are though. Yeah, because they really like the the. That is truly yeah anonymous. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, the you anonymity be... of listening, maybe watching while your camera's off and mm-hmm. you're muted. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah those yeah. are available they're out there they there's, are and there's some good ones out there there are i've actually so i I did a couple in different countries mm-hmm. while during covid just for the hell of it australia you know like i think one was scotland and i did one in puerto rico and then i did a mexican or mexico one like that oh uh, i did one in england yeah yeah i did one in australia and england. it was different but all similar yeah you know in one way or another, that's one thing the AA has done is it's carried over its traditions very Worldwide. well. Yeah. But each meeting is different. Like California to Utah, I don't care for the meetings in Utah as much as I do for the ones in California. But that's purely based off of like there's always every meeting in Utah has birthdays. Like, but, and I just, I'm like, fuck okay, every mm, time. Yeah. Like, do it once a month, you yeah. know? Like, do, killing us. Yeah. Like the 24 hours, of course, right? Sure. You like give a chip. 100%. But like, you know, if it's the same people every time, you're like, why are we even doing this? Yeah. You know? No, I found, uh, I found a meeting I really liked. I hung with it for quite a while. They were, they were a neat group of people. But, uh, yeah, the online, the online people piece is, uh, is there. Uh, I think if, I don't know that it, well, you can only hide so long before you really have to step up to the program. There's no real dip in your toe in the water in this. You have to fully commit to a program of honesty and say, yeah, I want to do this. I want to get a sponsor and I want somebody to help me work the steps. Well, those are if you want the promises to come true, right? You yeah, can, 100%. You can show up to AA and half-ass it and show up to meetings. You know, that old saying, meeting makers make it. I do not. I tell every single one of my sponsees, which my sponsor told me, he goes, that's a crock of shit, man. Like, they can make it for a little while, but until you work the solution, you will be irritable and discontent. Those uh, those promises, they come true after you work the steps real hard. 
Oh yeah. And that's, that's my favorite thing. And I'll, well, I'll end on this is I shared my story to a group of people I'd never met, um, last Friday and we spent 15 minutes on the promises and I had never actually taken the time. Like I literally went through each promise that was up on the wall. I'm like, that's how that's true. That's how that's true in my life. This one, this one, all of them. So great. And, uh, I don't think I like had met people that had done that, but I was kind of like trying to figure out some time that I had sure. left over, which was the reason I did it. But that's, that's what it'll give you. Right. Like, and, and if you can't go look up what the promises are, we won't tell you here. We won't make it easy for you. Mm-hmm. But if you want to Google be, that shit, yeah, Google that shit. Yeah. Google's available. <laughs> Chat GPT it, you know? <laughs> oh man. It's good to have you on dude. I'm glad we did this, this subject, man. It's so good to do this in person where I can actually sit there and see you. Yeah. Oh yep. yeah. It's once again, it's that digital shit. That's, I'm not a fan. I know. It just doesn't beat in person. No, this is great. It's good talk. All right, man. Well, Thank you for listening to this segment of No One Fights Alone. See you there. No One Fights Alone is sponsored by Chateau Recovery is a 16-bed treatment facility nestled in the foothills of the Wasatch Mountains in Midway, Utah. Chateau's First Responder Resiliency Program is designed to treat the unique challenges and issues that first responders encounter in the course of their careers. Chateau's comprehensive and highly individualized approach to treatment addresses more than just the presenting issues. It addresses the why. Each of their seasoned, trauma-trained, and culturally competent therapists utilize evidence-based, specialized therapies to treat trauma at its core and enable clients to begin the healing process while developing a resilient and healthy relationship with stress. Chateau Recovery is trusted by departments and agencies from around the country to treat responders and veterans. In fact, it is one of only a handful of facilities nationwide that is vetted and approved to treat members of the Fraternal Order of Police. For more information, or to speak to a representative, go to chateaurecovery.com or call 888-507-5031. No One Fights Alone is also sponsored by First Responder Trauma Counselors. First Responder Trauma Counselors are subject matter experts in proactive behavioral health care for frontline workers through their National Peer Support Academy. This 40-hour all-badges, all-uniforms, and all-scrubs educational experience helps to create caring, honest, and empathetic peer support relationships with your fellow frontline workers. The FRTC National Peer Support Academy is taught by actual first responders who have gone back to school to become culturally competent licensed behavioral health clinicians that teach from lived experiences, not just theories from books. This fast-paced, immersive educational academy will not just change your life, it will help you save the lives of others. For additional details, visit 991overwatch.org or call 970-222-419-3. This could be the most life-changing academy you'll ever attend.